Our scripture reading will be taken from Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 through 10. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 through 10. God, who at sundry times and in divers' manners, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said, At any time thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he saith, who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. But unto the son, he saith, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A script of righteousness is a script of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou, Lord, in the beginning has laid the foundation of earth, of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. You may be seated. This morning for a few moments, we want to bring out some of the reasons why Jesus was here. Not all of the reasons, but some of the reasons why Jesus was here. If you will, get a pencil and a pen and a piece of paper, because you may want to go over these scriptures later on. Jesus said unto us, Blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Many of us know what Jesus said. And we quote many of them that he has spoken. But do we know why he was here? And why he said the things that he said? Verse 1 starts out by saying, God who at sundry times, over time, places, and years, God has been called by and given many different names. Some because of the country and the culture. Some because denominational stands and teachings. Others because they have not come into the knowledge of the truth of who he is. Kind of like when Paul saw when he passed Mars Hills and, and he said, beheld their devotions and found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God whom they 
ignorantly worship. Even in Exodus chapter 6, verse 3, it says, God appeared unto Abraham and to Isaac and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty, but by my name, Jehovah, he was not known unto them. So whether you call him Jehovah, whether you call him Allah, or whether you call him just God, what is important is you acknowledge and recognize there is a God and he does exist. But by whatever name you know him as, he wants us to know him as our father. And he wants to be our father. But this can only come through Jesus. The Bible says, he that comes to God must believe he is. Peter said to those that crucified him, that God has made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Jesus also said this in Matthew eleven twenty seven. 27. All things are delivered unto me of my father. And no man knows the son, but the father. Neither knoweth any man the father save the son. And he to whomsoever the son will reveal him. By knowing the son, we are given the revelation of who he is. Who the father is and eternal life. And by this, we begin to recognize God is our father and we should call him just that. Now, it also says in verse one at a hundred times. This means various or different times. And in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. So in various times, in various times, God spoke in different ways. To our fathers, by the prophets, and he spoke it differently to all. Just to name a few. Noah heard God say to him, build an ark. Moses heard him through the burning bush. God spoke to Samuel while he was lying down. Elijah was taken up in a whirlwind of fire. In the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah said, I also saw the Lord sitting up on a throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. God spoke and made himself known to many more. But verse two, it says he had in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he had appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. In these last days, we have been given a more excellent way. In these last days, Jesus has made it possible for God to speak to us through and by his spirit. And because of Jesus, we also now call him our father. Abba father, which means our very own. Ain't that wonderful? We are not orphans. We have a God that we can call our very own father. Verse two says also whom he being God hath appointed heir being Jesus appointed means selected. Jesus has been selected by God to be heir. 
How many know because of Jesus, we are heirs also? In fact, we have become joint heirs as well. Romans says, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. An heir is a person who inherits or is entitled to inherit. Because Jesus died for us. Because his blood was shed for us. Because we have redemption and forgiveness, we are entitled to be heirs and joint heirs. The end of verse 2 says, Jesus is heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds. Ain't that wonderful? We know all this was done by Jesus. But just in case, if there's a doubt or a question in mind, turn with me to Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in, high, in light. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. First, we have been delivered. That's a good spot for amen right there. Then we were translated. Delivered means to take to the proper place. And translated means to move from one place to another. You can't be translated until you have been delivered. No one else has the power or the ability to do so but Christ Jesus. No one. So because of Jesus, God has taken us from the power of darkness and moved us to the kingdom of his son. And then it says in verse 14, in whom we have redemption. Redemption is to be redeemed or to be recovered. How many of y'all, it's so wonderful to be recovered. Uh, when you lose something, you are so happy when you find it. The angels rejoice in heaven when you have been recovered from the power of darkness. There is no recovery without Jesus. You can't know the Father without Jesus. You cannot come to the Father without Jesus. Then it says redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. It is by the blood that, we were, that was shed that we have forgiveness. It is by his blood that was shed that we are redeemed. Again, without Christ, there is no redemption. Without Christ and his blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Can you receive that today? Look at verse 15. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Remember what it said in Hebrews, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. If you really want to know who God is, if you really want to know what he is like, you must see Jesus. It is through the express image of the Son that we understand and know who the Father is. But know this, 
Just as you can't put a face on Jesus, you cannot put a face on God. Listen to what happened when Moses wanted to see God. Moses said to God, show me that glory. And God responded to Moses in this manner. Look at Exodus chapter 30, verse 19 through 23. How many of y'all have said, God, I want to see you. Just show me plainly. Oh, I want to know what you look like. Verse 19, and he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and show mercy unto whom I will show mercy. And he said, thou canst not see my face for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me and thou shalt stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass while my glory pass by that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock and I will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away my hand and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall thou not see. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if you understand this or not. We cannot see him and live, but he has given us something that we can see him. And his name is Jesus. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. In fact, the scriptures also says to know no man after the flesh, not even Christ. All the pictures and portraits created are not pictures of Jesus. They are only the opinions and imaginations of the mind of man. There is no cameras back then. There was no Polaroids. Didn't have no cell phones to click, 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 click and know who Jesus is. And, 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 and saints, Leonardo was not there. Now, let's go back to Colossians 1.16. It says, for by him, or by Christ Jesus, were all things created that are in heaven, and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Now, how so? In Genesis, in the beginning, God said, let us make man. Us means more than one. Us does not mean you and me. How could it be us, you and me, if we were not yet created? How are we going to help create and have not been created? And, and, and if we had anything to do with it or do with creation, no telling what we would want to add. Don't I think we should have three eyes? Uh, or sometimes uh, the nose is going to get stuffed up, for, so give me a second one. No telling. John said he being Jesus was in the bosom of the Father, and he declared him, not us. Verse 17 says, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Before anything was created, 
Before anything existed, including us, Jesus was with and in the Father. First John in 5, 7 tells us, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. So when God said, let us, all three of them were involved. Jesus is in the bosom of the Father by virtue of being the Word, and the Spirit of God moved and did as command. Many different Bibles try to combine verse 7 and verse 8. But it's important to understand that these two verses are separate and are separate for a reason. Now, back to Hebrews chapter 1. The end of verse 2 said, By whom also he made the worlds. Remember what it said in verse 3? Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus by himself purged our sins. No help from us. We did not help in creating man. We did not help in delivering man. We cannot help in freeing man. People didn't believe in Jesus then, and many don't believe in him today. The disciples denied him then. Some are denying him now. And the world crucified him then, and the world has crucified him afresh today. Meaning once more, but Jesus took our faults to the cross. Oh, thank you, Lord. His blood was shed for our sins. Our mistakes have been forgiven and are being erased and put in the sea of forgiveness. The only person that remembers it is you. We have a way of bringing things up again and again and again that has totally been forgotten. And then we find ourselves repenting again. God could not look upon his son at the moment he carried our sins. They were nailed to the cross, but at that point, God could not look upon him because he was carrying our sins, and God cannot look upon sin. But Jesus did not give in, and God did not give up. Jesus kept his word, and God kept his promise. Our sins died with the flesh. But our souls live by the Spirit. Jesus proved in that moment for us, He is the resurrection. Now, let me share how Jesus did it by Himself. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, starting at verse 1, 1 through 5. For the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never, with those sacrifices which they offer year by year, continue to make the comers thereof perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. 
But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For, if, if, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offerings thou wouldest not, but a body has thou prepared me. If you don't receive nothing else, remember and receive this. In order to be forgiven for sins then, an animal had to be sacrificed. The sacrifice only lasted one year. Kind of like the things we create, right? They only last for a minute. And then we got to get a replacement. And then another animal had to be offered up again for your, sac for your sin. But Jesus came himself and stopped the killing of innocent animals. So a body was prepared for Jesus to deliver us. Drop down to verse 9 through 12. Verse 9 says, Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. For by the which will we, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Jesus came and made the one sacrifice only one time. And it never has to be done again. Let's close with Hebrews 9, 11 through 15 and Galatians 3, 21 through 26. Hebrews 9, 11 through 15 says, But Christ being come in a, a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in, once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption for us. It wasn't your blood. We still have not yet resisted under blood. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkled the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this cause and for this reason, he is the mediator of the New Testament. That by means of death for the redemption of the transgression that were under the first testament, they were all, they were, they are called mighty, might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Remember, the law was our schoolmaster until Christ came. We are no longer under the law, but under grace which came through Christ Jesus. If the law could have saved us, we would have been redeemed and Christ would not have had to come for us. Amen. Galatians 3.21 It is the law then against the promise of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. For the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. 
But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that, faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. With that, my time is up, and I thank you for yours. Would you stand for a moment?